Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our final watch club for Marvel's WandaVision. Listen, boys, your mother and I never really prepared you for this, but you were born for it. Okie dokie artichoke, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is it. The finale we've been waiting eight weeks for. Uh, in this final episode titled The Series Finale, we're seeing Double Vision, a heartfelt goodbye, and the end of Westview as Wanda knows it. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched it, uh, make sure you do so, and uh, then come right back in a snap. Now, before we say our final goodbyes and disappear just like Wanda's kids, uh, let me introduce you to our supreme group of sorcerers joining me on the show today. As always... We have the Jimmy Woo of jubilant juxtapositional jurametrics, Justin. Yo, yo. And joining us before he cries his first ever teardrop and disappears back into our hearts and minds, we have the chymatologist of coniscopic coniology, king of the camartage, Kevin the carbon-based Hudson. hey See, I, I may in fact cry, but it's not because I'm upset. It's because I'm confused at what words you just used there. I didn't <laughs> Listen, we're getting to the end of the, the library of K-words, so I had to search deep into the Kamartage library to find those ones. So nice. hopefully that works for you. Uh, and finally, joining us as a reanimated corpse, even whiter than he was before, we have the Modoc of Madripoor, the Mistopheles of the Misty Mountains, the master of all things menacing and monstrous, Mr. Mitch George. Where was the Mephisto reference in all of that? <laughs> Listen, Mitch. So, okay, I have to explain. So every guest we've had on the show since Darcy came on the show has been an M name. So I okay. thought like, <laughs> I thought I was going to be lucky and be like, I've got so many, you know, words to work with now with different people's names. No, they're all M words. Uh, so I, I, I threw in Mistopheles for you. I thought that was as close as I can get. I'll take it. Thanks for having me guys. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mitch. We're so happy to have you on. Stoked to hear your thoughts on, uh, on this finale. Uh, however, with you gracing us with your presence, like a glowing vision of the future, um, could you, could you maybe please let our listeners know who maybe don't know you, who you are and what you're all about? I am a buddy of Nate's. <laughs> no, I uh, I host a podcast every week with friends on video games, all things video games, with a bit of a Canadian twist called Press YYZ. You can check that out, twitter.com slash Press YYZ, twitch.tv slash Press YYZ. And we also have a Pixar film review series that, Nate, you and I have to talk about at some point uh, called YYZ Video, where we're going through and ranking and reviewing all of the Pixar movies. So that's a, that's been a ton of fun. Uh, outside of that, I do some Twitch streaming myself at twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch George. Dude, if you have, if you guys ever do guests on that Pixar podcast, I mean, I'm down to, you know, you pick a movie, I'll watch it. We're working on it. We're working yeah. on it for sure. Awesome. Very cool. 
well, I always love me some exclusive Canadian insight on the gaming industry and Pixar movies. So, um, excellent. Well, listen, before we get into the plot and release our thoughts on what happened on this week's episode, uh, let's start with a brief overview of your high-level thoughts on the episode. Mitch, as our guest, we're going to start with you. Could you give us your thoughts on the series overall uh, so far and, uh, and your high-level thoughts on this episode? I am an absolute MCU nut. I wear my Disney appreciation. Technically, tonight I'm wearing it on my chest, but it's <laughs> uh, it's something that runs deep for me and with my wife. Uh, so getting this series the way we did, I was ecstatic to wake up early every Friday to watch this before Twitter spoiled it. Uh, I absolutely loved the story they told, Wanda's grief and the journey of her understanding and coming to terms with that from the beginning of the series to the end. Phenomenal. I really loved it. I think... Um, I heard another review and I think the way they put it was exactly how I felt. This was a good episode that ended a phenomenal series. Absolutely. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. I'll definitely, definitely agree to that. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of very much in that sort of line of thinking myself. I think it, it, it did its job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it had a very difficult task to sort of wrap up so many, storylines uh while also not sort of uh, ending like a traditional tv show it had to sort of set up the next stages for the characters and for the, the larger mcu as well and so that's obviously a really difficult task and so yeah i think it was a, a job well done but maybe fell a bit short of expectations and i think mm. you know they almost did such a great job over those first eight weeks that it was, it would be impossible to have delivered to, I think what I was sort of hoping for. So I don't want to hold that against it. I think it did a good job. Okay. All right. Well that Kevin, that sounds a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, Cause usually you come down pretty harsh on, on uh, a lot of the stuff we watch. So I'm happy to hear that, uh, that it's not too bad. And I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll share your points as we go throughout the episode tonight. Mm -hmm. Justin, your uh, thoughts on this uh, this finale? Well, I, I think what Mitch said is absolutely true. This was a good episode to end uh, a phenomenal series, and I think that's kind of how I, I feel about it. I, I think I would have much rather this been an eight-episode series and really had the last two be one, like end it with like a movie-style sort of episode. Mm. Um, and I think that would have really been interesting, you know, because especially just the way it picks up, like it's literally where we left off. But again, the suspense of TV and, and the you know, hooking people in, it makes sense. But I think to have the two together could have been uh, a far be better send-off uh, and would have made you maybe appreciate it a little bit more just because of the connectivity of, of flying into things. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't hold it against it. I still think it was great and, uh, I, am very happy. It was emotional and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a great way to send this series off. I think, uh, to jump off that point just a bit, I think Marvel is still kind of figuring out how to take their two and a half hour film format and stretch that out into a full series. I think that very much shows here that they had four and a half hours to tell this story and they did a really, really fun job out of the gate of doing something different, doing something unexpected. And then it did kind of fall back under that sort of MCU formula. It started to feel a little formulaic as you're pulled out of the hex and you're looking more at the sword operation and all of that. So I think they, I'm hoping they will get better over time, but I think it was still a bit of that growing pains from a concise two hour, two and a half hour film with ties to other things to this longer form piece of content. Yeah. And, and I think the, the, you know, you said it best too. It's, it's kind of like they're, they're, 
there's growing pains in the process. And, you know, to, to have this as like the sort of first venture into episodic streaming content from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is their best foot forward. With uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier just around the corner, it'll be interesting to see if we do return to a sense of uh, MCU structure, as you said. Very cool. I mean, guys, it kind of sounds like literally everything you just said. Like, I, did you guys have my notes? I don't know if you read them because that's exactly that's exactly what I, you know. What a way to what a way to end this incredible series. Like, I was on the edge of my seat from the beginning with this episode, and mm. I think it I think it wrapped up. But to your point, Kevin, it wrapped up a lot of storylines in a satisfying way. Well, leaving some hopefully hopefully to be addressed in the future of mm. the MCU. I think it was a little more simple than what people were expecting after something like, you know, Avengers Endgame level of hype in a finale sort of idea. You know, you kind of have those those feelings going into this. So I can see how people's expectations might have been a little too high. Um, while most of my own predictions weren't realized, I don't think it was any less satisfying because of that. And uh, and I think the, the episode, again, Kevin, to your point, did exactly what it needed to do, which is conclude this chapter in Wanda's book while giving us hints as to what's next. But before we can discuss what's next, let's dive into the plot for the final time. So we open right where we left off in episode 8, with Agatha baiting Wanda out into the street so that she can take her powers. Uh, after taking a few hits, Wanda realized her hands are turning black and that Agatha is draining the life out of her. Then, while Agatha is distracted, offering her an ultimatum, Wanda uses her powers to throw a car into her and through the front of her house. Uh, after inspecting the crash, Wanda sees Agatha's boots under the wreckage like a scene straight out of The Wizard of Oz. She then turns to see a white vision, and as she, as she approaches him, he embraces her, and he clasps his hands around her head. And just as he starts to go all mountain on her, uh, he gets tackled and thrown into a motorhome by what we're going to call Red Vision for the rest of the episode, just so we can di differentiate them. Uh, after a quick quip about the, uh, the awkwardness of the situation, Agatha proceeds into town, and the two visions continue their battle in the sky. Uh, then we, we, you know, we see Monica as she tries to yell for help while being trapped with Fietro in his man cave. So, guys, before we proceed, I'm hearing a lot of rumbles about this first scene not living up to people's expectations visually with them saying that it kind of looks like a made for TV uh, movie. What did you guys think of this opener? And were you impressed with the visuals? Mitch, let's start with yourself. So the one visual I was very much impressed by, not by the way it looked, but just by it being a throwback to other experiences, is name for me a more iconic duo than Wanda Maximoff and using her powers to throw cars at people. I'll wait. <laughs> True. Yeah. Okay. Great callback to Civil War. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, yes. Yes. I feel like overall the visuals in this episode held up. There was one visual that we'll get to in a bit of vision falling. And I mm. thought that looked a little plasticky. Uh, but I think overall I was happy with the visuals. I didn't have expectations set to a level of this is going to be, you know, billion dollar blockbuster cinema level right. of G uh, VFX. But I still was able to see past any of the TV-ness of it and, and still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of the same remarks, too, about just the visual effects. I think the only thing that looked very odd to me was actually Agatha in her costume. Like, she looked like she was kind mm. of, like, bulked up or, like, you know, when she's floating. Like, it, it obviously was, like, some sort of harness that was holding her up. It just didn't look like it was actually fitting to her versus when she was, like, standing on the ground. That was the only thing that really stood out to me as being visually awkward about the, this, the fight scene, if you will. Kevin, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have uh, an issue in terms of uh, production quality. I was more a little let down about the action that we were seeing. Mm. Like I found for for most of the episode, I just found sort of the fighting and everything a bit flat. Like I'm, we've been so spoiled over the last 12 years with just some incredible iconic moments that take place in bigger fight pieces, you know? And it was just, it just felt very straightforward. There wasn't a lot of, I don't know, anything new or creative or exciting. And that's sort of what we had come to expect from the show. And so I felt that was, that was what was disappointing about it. I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Kevin. I just feel like though, I don't know. I expect um, some of the, the more character moments from this show more than anything, more than the action. I don't know. I didn't, I, I never really have come to this series uh, at least for the past uh, few weeks, kind of coming in like, oh, this is going to be an amazing action moment. So I thought, I thought for what they did, it was actually it was uh, good. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I, I was listen. The moment that that car hit Agatha, I was like fist pumping the air. I was like, let's go! Like standing on off of my couch. Um, and the moment that White Vision starts to crush Wanda's head, I was like. I was freaking out, man. I was like, the, the cracking sounds and everything. The sound effect was sickening. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, you have to love the Wizard of Oz reference, too, there after the car oh, yeah. comes in. You've got just Agatha's boots left behind. Like, just the little things they threw in were just nice touches for anyone who's in this geek-centric universe, right? Oh, oh! I see what you did there. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I got you, Mitch George. I also, I also loved how, uh, how you know, Fietro. We see him again in this in this first uh, section here, and he never really left the '90s. You know what I mean? Like he's still he's still just the same '90s version of himself. And I feel like he had just the right amount of uh, goofy for me in this uh, in this episode. So, so, so can we talk nice. about can we talk about the fact that like. He's literally no one. Evan Peters is no, wait, like. Listen, Justin, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll, hold on, hold on, dude. I know you've got a huge boner to want to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Um. So okay. So then back at the temporary sword base, Jimmy Woo is in handcuffs and brought to Hayward. After confirming that White Vision is still under their control, Hayward makes a terrible dad joke, and uh, Jimmy proceeds to threaten him by telling him his his agents will be arriving inside the hour. He gets thrown into a, a barn somewhere, um, and using his magician skills, he easily escapes his restraints and uh, and then contacts Cliff uh, and asks him him and his team to get to him in the next hour. Then we proceed to see Wanda as she walks further into town, where Agatha tells her there is an entire chapter dedicated to her in the now confirmed Darkhold, the Book of the Damned, uh, letting her know that the Scarlet Witch is not born, she is forged, and that her powers exceed that of the Sorcerer Supreme. She also says it's her destiny to destroy the world. Agatha then wakes everyone up in town in the town square and they proceed towards Wanda. So guys, before we proceed through this this plot here, um, you know, clearly this is foreshadowing uh, for the inevitable connection to Doctor Strange. And even though we didn't get him in this series uh, or in this episode, what are your thoughts on the reveal and that she is more powerful uh, than him? And were you disappointed that he didn't show up? Justin. Um, I wasn't disappointed that he didn't show up. Uh, I like that what they've done here, and I think this is the whole reality for me, at least after watching this episode, um, is that this whole series was about setting up Wanda, not just as the Scarlet Witch, but as the villain. Um, Interesting. And, 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 and I think that, you know, we'll get to obviously the ending, but 
there's just more and more that we'll see that kind of affirms that. Uh, but no, I I, uh, I completely hear you there. I may have flip flopped as well on my uh, my previous statements there. But uh, but Mitch, did you really want to see the the Sorcerer Supreme show up, uh, Mister Stephen Strange? I think we all wanted to see some sort of big, outlandish, unexpected cameo. And I think as the series went on, knowing the connections between Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange leading into Multiverse of Madness, it would have made sense. But I actually appreciate the fact that they gave us so much to look for that didn't come to pass. I think making this a story just about Wanda and her dealing with the grief of losing the one she loves and eventually the loss of her children that didn't kind of sort of it's all confusing. Um, But I I just think her her emotionally dealing with that loss and coming into her own as a Scarlet Witch. I'm glad the story just focused on that because we would have gotten to Twitter by Friday at. I don't know, like 930 in the morning and everything would have been, oh, Doctor Strange this, X-Men that. And I'm glad they stuck to just telling her story. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I I mean, when you put it that way and and you do sort of look at it as this was Wanda's story. And so for them to keep the focus there made everything that happened with Wanda seem a bit more important than it would have been had a big flashy character popped in just for the sake of making a cameo. I think that might've detracted or, or, you know, distracted from, from Wanda's story. And so I, I think in hindsight, it probably was the right call, but there were, I mean, we haven't gotten quite to the scene yet uh, with Paul Bettany. I just think his comment that he made that got leaked a few weeks ago was detrimental in, in certain ways. So I'll wait, I'll wait to talk about that. Okay. Cause I, I cause that scene is coming up. I mean, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think he's, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of geeks uh, around the, the, the universe have a lot of words to say much like yourself, Kevin with, uh, with Mr. Paul. But, um, yeah, I, I personally would have loved to have, have seen it. And again, Mitch, you make total sense with that as to why they held off. I think, at the end of the day, you're right. It, the show was about Wanda with a little Monica Rambeau thrown in the mix as a nice little surprise. Uh, but I think even even you know getting the unexpected reveal of Monica's powers and Evan Peters showing up, I think these were these were the big reveals of the series. You know what I mean? And and still done in a way that kept our focus on Monica at the end of the day. So I think I think you know for anyone who's really really upset with this show, I think your own expectations are to blame if you're if you're that upset that Steven didn't show up. I think the other thing the other thing to look into with regards to the Doctor Strange tie-in is they've come out and said that the showrunners here spoke with Sam Raimi about how the film could work without having seen this series. And I think if you had that conversation between Stephen Strange and Wanda here and don't save that context for the movie, then more viewers would be lost in the movie than they would be had oh, that occurred in this series. So I think just from a storytelling perspective, it makes sense for those interactions to stay in the film so the film can live on its own without necessarily having had seen this series. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a separate silo. I, I totally agree with you there. I also think, though, that like I think timeline has definitely messed up everything and I, I mean with COVID and everything because the way this this series like should have come out yeah. yeah like this series should have come out in spring 2021 and then in the summer of 2021 we would have had Doctor Strange so I think that if that was the case and that was going to happen then we would have seen some sort of stinger because there would have been something that would have been filmed already that would have existed in the actual movie that we would have seen as an end credit stinger on, on WandaVision so it would have had that connectivity but because I think there only admits the production right 
now of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse in London, uh, you know, there, there's probably not an, there's not an essential need to have to try to add something of context to kind of connect the two. People are already going to be able to connect that to your point. There's no right. there's no need for for us to actually have that. Yeah, I, I think that's right on the money because originally with before the whole pandemic, this had been lined up as being like the third or fourth Disney Plus series. I don't remember exactly. So our expectations would have already been set. And I think to your point, if Doctor Strange would have presumably had already finished filming and would be very, very deep into post-production at the point that this series was being released, that they could have had a stinger on this that would have tied them together directly. And I actually think the stinger we do get here, we'll get into that in a bit, I'm sure, Um I doubt that was the original intent of that stinger. There definitely had to have been something else there. Well, uh, listen, before we move on, guys, I also just really want to quickly just shout out Jimmy Woo getting out of the handcuffs. I love the moment when he does it and he goes, flourish. Yeah. Like, as if he re- he remembers from watching WandaVision episode two. Like, I, I just, I love him so much. And I want Jimmy Woo and maybe even Darcy to get their own spinoff miniseries with an X-Files vibe. I know we kind of talked about this in the past. I think that would be dope. Uh, but anyways, uh, back at Fietro's man cave, uh, we, we see Monica as she learns that Fietro uh, is actually Ralph Boner. Oh, finally. Boner. Jeez. <laughs> Boner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this time, Monica gets the upper hand and realizes that actor Ralph Boner is being held under control by a purple necklace, which she then proceeds to rip off, uh, which causes a terrified Ralph to cower as he asks her to spare his life. Okay, guys, so let's talk about this reveal of Ralph Boner. Um, what'd you guys think? Well, I th- I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great that he was yeah? actually, he's not, he's not a, a multiverse uh, character that everyone thought he was. Like, Yet. It was a big, it, well. Yet. I don't know. I, I don't think. I, I think it's pretty clear now that uh, that he's not. He's not who everyone thinks he is. But I, I like that they've 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 kind of trolled fans in in a way. I, I appreciate it. I actually like. I don't know. I, I know people would probably be upset about it, but I don't know. I appreciated it. I think it's kind of funny. I think the stones Kevin Feige must have to tease us with the same actor from the X Men universe playing that same role here. It ultimately for it to come down to being a boner joke. It's Artistry at its finest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Infinity Stones yeah. on him, right? Yeah, They're, yeah, the, yeah. Infinity the Infinity Stones. Can you imagine the <laughs> gauntlet he has? My God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kevin, what did you think of this uh, this boner? The fact that, you know, the, the character is so ins- insignificant in the grand scheme of things allows for the joke to work mm. versus if, you know, it he needed to be somebody a bit more, you know, significant, and then that's all we got out of it. So I think... Yeah, I think it, it turned out to be a really fun inside joke for fans, but, you know, it was just in the end kind of just a harmless, you know, bit of joke telling. And Kevin, did you catch the TV sitcom reference in uh, in Boner's name? No, uh, maybe? No. Growing Pains? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, apparently, like, S- listen, S- I, don't even watch, I don't even watch S- the Boner, show, but yeah, apparently... Yeah, the bo- there's a character named Boner on that show, yeah. so I was just wondering if you there if you go. had I, caught I that one. That. I had I'd stopped looking for them last week. I think, so. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah so you got was... so disheartened that they they cut off the TV side of things. But listen, I still really think that he's Mephisto or that he's being controlled by. Mephisto. Listen, don't no, they're pulling me away. They're putting me in 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 a in a, 
Okay, no, they're, I'm not going to get sent to the loony bin because he is Mephisto because that, that necklace thing was way too easy. And it sounds just so much like a like the devil would come up with a name like Boner. Like, I just feel like that just fits so perfectly. Are you I don't being know. serious? Are you being serious? I'm being, I'm being, <laughs> you being serious? legitimately I don't know. serious. I don't know if you're being sarcastic. I'm being, or... Listen, I think, listen, I think that the necklace did not give him speed powers. I think it is actually Peter from the Marvel X Men or the X Men films. And I had think two, you've that... had two co- confirmations of it. You had it in the last nope. episode where she says yep. that she has yeah. has put a spell that it controls and this just affirms sure. that it was actually a physical person that lived in Westview right. that just was sure. not of any importance. I feel like I feel like it's pretty clear that this was this was like more for the fans and more for the for everyone else to do what you're doing right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm never giving up. I'm never giving up. I'm never going to give up. I feel like this reveal needed to come sooner for Nate to come to grips with the fact that it's just an actor who lived in Westview. Clearly. Because yeah. I think if this could have happened in episode eight as opposed to saving it for the finale, it would have been, oh, that's a fun little joke. But with everyone putting such expectations on yeah. the finale, I think yeah. it really did rub some people the wrong way. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I think it's going to rub everyone the wrong way once we finally have that Kip, confirmation. Kip, well, and it, and it is kind of disappointing that like I, that might be all we get of Evan Peters in right. the MCU. That's what I mean. Like, that's, that's disappointing for me of, of all of it, I'd say. We, we've seen other actors recast in multiple roles throughout the MCU, so I don't see it being out of the realm of possibility that he comes back in some way well i just think though that what it affirms is that like we're not we're not going to get the first class generation or or even like an outside generation of of x-men featured into this marvel it's going to be new if if anything right because everyone was really leaning on oh this could be our first sign of of that sort of crossover and i think you know it's not to say it couldn't still happen with other characters but who knows I, I just don't think that i think evan peters was was just a, a really red big red herring to just do everything that it did i still think that all the people inside the town have had some sort of physiology changed about them i don't know i don't know hopefully we'll find out if uh if if we get a boner back uh in the future but um <laughs> we get back to see billy and tommy uh then watching their two dads fight as billy has a premonition of literally the next moment uh with wanda at the town square seeing she's in trouble they run to help uh, then we actually see the moment play out where uh, where Wanda can't cope with all the townspeople asking her to leave. Uh, so she lets out a burst of energy, causing them all to start choking to death. She she stops it, uh, and then Mrs. Hart tells her to let them die. Agatha then convinces Wanda to start to remove the hex over Westview, and the townsfolk make a run for it. However, this also causes Red Vision and her sons to disappear uh, as their existence is tied to the hex. She stops, and they, they run to see, and see if she's okay. Then, they're surrounded by Agatha, White Vision, Hayward, and the Sword Military. Then, after doing an epic family superhero pose, they proceed to engage their enemies. Red Vision goes after White Vision, Wanda goes after Agatha, and the twins take on the military. After disarming all the, the soldiers, Hayward steps out and begins to fire at the kids when Monica runs in, full, front, in front of the bullets and uses her powers to absorb the energy, but she misses one, but not to worry... Billy manages to catch it and throw it to the ground. Hayward gets in his Jeep and then proceeds towards them when out of nowhere, Darcy crashes into him in her funnel cake truck. So guys, after seeing this, 
Do you think Monica has complete control of her powers here? Or was she doing this out of instinct and was willing to give up, like, the, to sacrifice her life? Um, also, Ooh. what do you guys think of Hayward's ending here? Her her ability to jump in front of the, the bullets, that's, that's a really good theory to think that maybe it was just her sacrificing herself. She didn't know she had the powers. Yeah. But just to think, like, how you know a scene before she went into purple eye mode and saw the necklace was the source of the power right so she 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 clicked into it pretty quickly so i feel right. like this mm. is just an again another obvious point that monica must have known that she had these powers or or something all along right mm. like just there, it, i i just it, again it just was so passive it was very passive this in this entire series just how how she's kind of gotten to this point there was none of that sort of like self-realization of like oh there's there's something with me like something's happening to me right like that heroes right. you'll see he in heroes origin stories kind of happen it's like she just kind of like yeah i just walk through i got blue eyes i can see all this stuff i you know oh my tests yeah my blood work yeah all that stuff that just yeah don't i don't want to talk about that stuff it, it's it was it's just another kind of layer into that i feel yeah it's, it's, she's a very boring character like that the show did nothing to make me like really like i can't wait to see more monica rambo she's got the lamest outfit in the history of the mcu it's gonna get like, upgraded dude i uh, better give... so cheesy it's that's a well cheap to me looking, that it's you know. she, she hasn't become a hero yet she hasn't she hasn't become yes, that hero I, so it's justified but yeah. she just comes off bush league she comes off second tier and then yeah, yeah so I don't, I've been, she just was the least, like, you know, you get to the stinger. I'm like, who cares? Go. <laughs> get out of here. I was so excited to see her. I don't know, Mitch. Yeah, I, I kind of had the opposite reaction where I yeah. thought she was doing this out of instinct and didn't really understand how her powers were going to work and yep. saw an absolute lunatic firing on 10-year-olds and Shooting jumped in front children. of the bullets. <laughs> yeah. He went yeah. through this nuanced, layered is he a villain? Is he not a villain? To straight up firing at children. Yeah, no, and that's yeah. that was crazy <laughs> to see. Yeah, like that was crazy to see. But you know that visual, the bullets passing through, was so. It was so. It was actually really, really cool to actually see it. And you know, having now talked with you guys, I'm I'm kind of thinking now, like there is there is room here for her to just you know not really know what she's capable of and really she threw herself there out of sacrifice not because she knew that her powers would protect her so that's that's interesting i i, I saw it as like she's just she knows that she can stop those bullets no i think i think i think mitch is right i think she was acting on instinct and hoping hoping her powers would kick in i don't know i think i think she still has a bit of practicing to do if the fact that you know she missed a bullet but thankfully uh billy was able to catch it i i think i, I just think that like you can't have two, you know, um, heroes of the same caliber, I guess I would say, in, in the show focused on WandaVision. Like, I think I think they gave us the right amount of Monica. Um, and I was still really excited to see her journey throughout the series. Yeah, I think her, her jumping in front was probably more of, oh, well, every other superhero seems to be bulletproof. So why wouldn't it, you know, stand a reason <laughs> that I am too? And she yeah, wasn't yeah. quite on the money there. Yeah, no, absolutely. not not exactly. Um, and I also think, guys, Hayward... I don't know, man. I think he was the weakest character in the series for me, just given given how one note he ended up being. He was the worst villain. Um, General Ross from mm. from who's who's featured throughout the MCU. He's more threatening than this Hayward guy, right? Like I don't know. Like I yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen him. Well, he somehow. goes down like a chump and gets taken out by a funnel truck vehicle. Like and that's <laughs> right, just exactly. it, right? It's like oh, well, that remember you know? the, yeah. the the funnel truck was actually that big 
that big truck, right? So remember, the, the physiology True. is still the same, but it just looks different, right? So sure, that's why she ran still, that he's thing. Like, he didn't get like knocked out or anything. No, he just sort of like scowled at Darcy, and she's like, you know, have fun in jail. And so if he does end up in jail, yeah. you know, maybe we will see him again one day, and maybe he'll have the opportunity to like... I don't know, redeem himself as a as, as a great Marvel villain. I will, we'll say, see. I will say, though, that was a very sitcom moment where it was like she rams him and and then she like looks <laughs> at him and says, you know, have fun in jail. And he's just like, yeah, oh, mm, you know, like scoff. Yeah. Right. Like it felt like, like one you of kids did it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is disappointing, though, to know the way the rest of this episode plays out and that this is the only moment we get with Darcy in this episode. Yeah. 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 And speaking of speaking of scheduling, you know, there's a lot of rumors online. And of course, this hasn't been confirmed, but there's a lot of rumors that actually COVID had something to do with that uh, and yeah. some of the restrictions mm, on traveling well. and and her ability to be there. That's she why she's literally there, in probably. one scene. Exactly. It was probably one she scene filmed somewhere on else. Stage or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then it was just shot straight on, and they just changed the lighting. So yeah. Um. But you know, as as much as we didn't really have any visions of uh, or too many visions of Darcy, we did get a lot of other visions. So uh, so let's keep going here. Uh. We we then see the two visions fighting in the library. Red Vision uses logic and the ship of Theseus to convince White Vision yeah. that they are both. Vision, thus causing White Vision, there's going to be a lot of visions in this uh, sentence, uh, to realize that he no longer can destroy Red Vision. Red Vision then proceeds to unlock all of White Vision's memories, causing him to return to being the Vision. Uh, his eyes change back to normal, and then he flies away through the hexagonal-shaped window in the roof. So, mm. gentlemen, I must ask you now, does this now make white vision the actual vision again and there are a ton of people on the internet that believe because it was white vision's directive to destroy the vision that he flew away and killed himself um <laughs> so who do, who do you guys believe to be the true vision justin i i absolutely love this scene i think this was the highlight scene for me oh, where so where the memory which is red vision is is talking to the physical version of of vision that doesn't have the memories. It, it was it was such beautiful moment uh, to have these two conversing and and for him to almost defeat him with reason and conversation rather than uh, fighting because it clearly wasn't working. They were they were constantly going back and forth and the visuals that they use this zombie corpse style pulling you know him back to the ground oh, yeah. in 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 the in the when they're fighting in the streets like there was just so much. Uh, metaphor to these these two uh physical forces and the fact that he touched him and brought his memories back you know i feel like this this vision and i'm gonna call him now gray vision uh just because i mm. feel like that's what they've established here is the vision that will be the best parts of red vision reborn in the right. uh, in the physical form so who knows what's going to happen i feel like he will come back and uh, paul bettany is you know has said like he would always come back so i think that they've just left that door wide open i really don't think he flew off to kill himself like that's just dark right because they would have showed us they would have showed us that though you know as dark as it is, they would have showed him maybe like exploding into light or something. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. But there was significance but, to the fact that he flew away. Yeah. I mean, that would have made a better stinger if that was the fa if that was the case, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, but maybe, I right? I think ultimately the way this scene plays out with the logic and reason being the cause behind the conflict and not, you know, a physical confrontation yeah. is really well played out. I agree with everything you said. This was absolutely the best scene in the episode. Yeah. And I feel like 
uh, vi red vision unlocking this vision's memories. The, the whole argument was they are both vision, yet neither is vision. So I think, to answer your question, Nate, he's not the vision we know because the vision we know no longer exists. exists. Yes. And I do think they're setting up the ability down the road for, we already know that part of vision lives within Wanda as the manifestation of the mind stone. I think, I still think there's a way for her to put that bit of vision back in this body at some point down the road. A hundred percent. Interesting. Cause, cause like, I think it is our actual vision, but I think just because he has those memories you know, he's not able to process his feelings towards them. So maybe he flew away because he's coming back from a blank slate, right? Yes. So he flew away to try to understand his feelings, get in his feelings, if you will. But, but I think I think this means right. I th <laughs> but I think this means going forward um, that he he won't want to continue his relationship with Wanda. Uh, and I have a really f sad feeling about that. Like, I, I know in the comic books, apparently they they split up forever, apparently. So it's like. I just, I don't know. I, I want them to be together. Yeah, to, to jump off that a bit, the white vision from the comics is essentially vision rebuilt without any of the emotion. Yes. So this yeah. vision that we have now is vision without any of the emotions he had before, because that was all tied to the manifestation of the Mind Stone combined with Tony, combined yep. with Bruce Banner, combined yep. with Ultron. All of that is still missing from this vision for the most part. So I do think it is absolutely a different vision. What that means... Damn. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a fair point. Well, and I just, before we move on, I mean, it was the dialogue in this scene, it was so well written. And yes, yeah. you know, the way it touched on philosophy uh, uh, as it did, it was just such an incredible scene. And I think it's a shame that Paul went out and said the quote about he's finally getting to work with somebody. Yada, yada. <laughs> like, I know he meant it as a joke, but I do think it left a lot of people going oh that's what he was talking about instead of if it just happened it would have just simply mm. been a really memorable scene and moment but because it wasn't what people sort of started to expect out of that episode and, and whatnot i think that was a disservice to the scene itself yeah and i, I you know to talk about the fact that obviously you know bettany trolled everyone you know i think it was done very like I would, I'm not mad at him about it. I think he did it because, like, you got to think. There's a lot of people that work in these properties that don't really know the fandom that's around it. They get an idea, but they don't know, and they they'll do things like this, like a, a, a passive joke, and then they'll realize what it's done after. And then, like, because he said he he heard all the theories about what was who was going to be, and he was like, man, those are those are really good theories. Like, it's a shame people are going to be disappointed, right? Like, so he 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 knew after what he did but you know again if people are going to hold it against him I, I feel like that's that's just silly it was we still got a great great sort of uh scene out of this that was that was you know a highlight it's funny that you mentioned that because i i saw an interview with elizabeth olsen and paul bettany when they were doing press for age of ultron mm -hmm. where she lets it slip oh yeah maybe eventually they'll give us a series where we can figure out what this means so and then paul bettany immediately makes her move on talk about something else so i think even back then they had they had already had plans for this sort of stuff wow. five ten years down the road and it's amazing to see how these little tidbits from you know five ten years ago will come back and mean something in this universe. That's what's so special about the world that Kevin Feige has kind of helped mold. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you there. And and I think this scene was very special. And I think it was fireworks. And I think it was an amazing actor that he was working with. Because Paul Bettany has been such a standout in this show. Like, of course, Elizabeth Olsen has been amazing. Uh, Catherine Hahn has been 
phenomenal. But but I, I do I think anytime whoever's writing the dialogue for Vision specifically uh, is doing an incredible job with the line that he had last week uh, to now was so so good. Um, but uh, but guys, let's let's keep moving on here. Um, we then see Red Vision join the boys uh, and Monica back in the town square as Wanda sneaks up on Agatha to bring her to her nightmare back on trial in front of her dead coven. Agatha acts terrified and begs Wanda to stop when all of a sudden the dead witches turn towards Wanda and Catherine Hahn does this incredible like just look uh, at, uh, at, at Wanda. It was so, so well done. Um, so then uh, they, they turn towards Wanda. They hold her up to the stake uh, when a red crown of energy forms around her head. She lets out a blast of red energy uh, and then tackles Agatha out of the nightmare. Uh, the two proceed to fight in the sky over Westview as Wanda sends blasts of energy towards Agatha as she absorbs them. After a few misses and a ton of hits, Wanda is looking more and more drained. After Wanda seemingly has all her energy drained from her, Agatha tells Wanda that this world will always be broken, just like her. She then attempts to take her out with one final blast, but it doesn't work. Wanda comes to and regains color in her face and body as she moves the clouds to reveal the runes that she casts on the walls of the hex. Runes, as we learned in the previous episode and in this episode, only allow the witch that casts them to be uh, in a given space to use her magic. Uh, So she thanks Agatha for this lesson, uh, and then she absorbs her energy back and reveals herself to be the Scarlet Witch. Guys, what did you think of this epic fight scene and this incredible new costume reveal, Mitch? I just want to say before we get into the fight and the costume reveal, I love the fact that we had Pietro in episode or Pietro in episode six mention the red uh, red wiggly woos, and we get yes. the wiggly woos back here. The first mm-hmm. kind of instance of us seeing Wanda use her powers in Age of Ultron was that, so that callback was yeah. really nice. Yeah, that was cool. Absolutely, the, the the fight was interesting. Man, she learned that 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 trick pretty quick. I didn't see her pick up a book or anything, but apparently she knew how to make runes and, uh, you know, protect her hex. So that's cool. Um, I guess the reveal, though, of her costume was pretty awesome. Like, I don't know. I got Magneto vibes from from her costume, like very Magneto-esque. Like her dad. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know what that that might entail, but it's 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 it was interesting the the look. Um, I thought it was it was well done. I also love how we kind of got um, the ability to see her her um, premonition uh, in the previous episode because th- you know that kind of feels like it was confirmed in this moment when she's floating down to have been a premonition, just like how Billy in this episode has a premonition of the moment just before we see it of her in the town square. Uh, And so I thought that was kind of a cool reveal of that power, if you will. I also love the fact that this costume has been staring us in the face since before the series started. And we didn't really know until now that in the poster for WandaVision that has Wanda and Vision standing in front of a bunch of televisions, two of the two of the displays, one shows sort of the the neck piece of the costume. and The other one has her glove. So we kind of got aspects of this without knowing that's what it was, which is really cool. Yeah. And I I just think the payoff from learning sort of how the magic worked in the previous episode and wanda sort of using that to her advantage i thought rather than just a big fisticuffs like for her to sort of outsmart her to defeat her was the right way to go with that and was better than any sort of physical 
altercation that they could have had, I think. Especially because, especially because you know, Agatha kind of calls her out for that. She calls her, you've had no training, right? You're, you're, you're not a great witch. And then she technically is training her in that moment, which is hilarious. I mean, it's interesting. We see Wanda progress through these couple of episodes and Agatha telling her, you know, the Scarlet Witch doesn't use incantations. And we see her pick up on Agatha's teleportation spell earlier in the episode, which then is kind of an it's kind of foretelling that she'll use something else that Agatha has shown her to defeat her, which I thought was a really nice reward for seeing that one little scene or, or that one little like frame earlier in the episode where she just blips away. Absolutely. And then I love just rewatching this scene. It makes me want to go back and rewatch the whole series because, you know, you see her purposely miss. Like you actually see her like aiming her arm, the, you know, the wrong direction. You see uh, her kind of forming the runes in her hand and the runes starting to form on the walls um, before they're even revealed. So I freaking adored that. Um, so, guys, then Wanda brings uh, Agatha down to the ground and Wanda, de- Wanda decides not to put her in some sort of jail, uh, but to put a spell on her, causing her to become the nosy neighbor destined to live in Westview, New Jersey for the rest of her life. Or so it might be. Guys, before we move on, uh, you know, Wanda did say to Agnes that she would be seeing her again. Do you think Catherine Hahn returns to the MCU? And if so, how? I'll reserve mine for what's the vision. No, I'm just joking. Um, okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, this whole episode's kind of what's the vision yeah, at this no, point. For you know sure. I mean? yep. um, yeah, I think it's, it goes without saying. She's going to come back. Um, I feel like there, the she we might see her come back in in a more positive form. Uh, in, you know, with with you know partnership with with Wanda. I like that. I like that. <clears throat> yeah, I think just their history in the comics. Uh, so much of it revolves around the idea that. You know, Wanda has the chaos magic and Agnes or Agatha like that. She's sort of the counterpart to that magic. And they both are essential. Like one can't exist without the other. Oh, uh, kind of like that's a Joker sort of Batman. The history they've been yeah. they've been working with through the comics. And so I think we'll see that idea. You know, Agnes almost needs to come back to stop um, or bring balance to uh, Wanda if she goes Ooh. in the direction that it appeared she was going to be going at the end of the episode. So. so you're saying she's like the Obi-Wan almost, in a way, to, to Anakin? I don't know. Uh, like, I honestly, I hope she does come back because I think she was she was such a huge standout in the show. I, I loved every moment with her. I think it would be a huge waste not to bring her back. Um, I, again, maybe as a villain or maybe as someone who helps Wanda in the future, but then I think she's also kind of like a Loki type. Like, she's going to help her, but then she's also going to betray her in some way. Um, you know, because she, she does say, you know, um, not if I see you first, which if you remember, the first thing she says when she meets Wanda was also a play on words, right? Saying, Wanda, charmed, right? So I think, I think you know, not if I see you first is like subtle foreshadowing to the next time we actually see her. Uh, so I think that would be really cool if she kind of surprises Wanda in some way. I don't know. Uh, I, I think just to add to that, knowing that the role of Agatha in the comics is a bit of a mentor for Wanda, I think there there has to be some way that she comes back. But it's not going to be it's not going to be a friendly confrontation. There's going to be some Ooh. ulterior motive. It's going to be Scarlet Witch at her lowest trying to figure something out. And Agatha just be like, no, nah, tough cookies. <laughs> Interesting. She is more likely to come back in the MCU than Evan Peters is. Just saying. <laughs> Agreed. Uh <laughs> Wanda embraces her family once again uh, as her and Vision realize what has to happen next. Uh, They walk home as the hex starts to dissolve and things go back to normal. They tuck in the twins and say goodbye uh, after telling them how proud they are and that family is forever and that they could never truly leave each other, even if they tried. 
Wanda and Vision share an incredible final goodbye as Vision tells her that he's been a voice with no body, a body but not human, and now a memory made real. Who knows what he may be next? The room starts to change throughout all the different decades as Vision disappears and Wanda is left standing alone in the empty plot of land just as she was when she created the Hex. Guys, what were your thoughts on this, I think, beautiful, beautiful moment? Uh, and what do you guys think that Wanda meant when she, when she thanked the twins for choosing her? And also, when do you think and how do you think we'll see Vision again? I know a lot of questions. Pick yeah, anyone you want. There's a lot of questions <laughs> there. I'm going to just go off the basis first of that scene was like just as emotional as her killing him in Infinity War. But like mm. there was just so much more because she was literally killing him for like the second time um, and killing his yeah. memory. And, you know, the revelation of the fact that that he is he is a part of the mind stone that lives inside of her you know that just gives that affirmation that the mind stone is essential to to her being and to who she is cuz really that's where where scarlet witch was forged it's just she didn't reach her full realization until this moment and and this event so i think it's safe to say that the connectivity that she has with the mind stone is felt through this 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 memory and love for vision as well right like it, it's manifested itself and um it was just it was i cried i like literally cried it was it was yeah. i couldn't believe that i was crying <laughs> like i'm so, so happy that so you I cried was, I, I love crying yeah i know you do uh but i was like literally uh i was very shocked and 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 this is again another outstanding moment for paul bettany uh just how how content he was uh how he yeah. you know was he played so many different emotions of fear and, and, and acceptance and, and just like this this whole process of, of knowing what was about to happen. I, I do think Vision will come back. I don't know how. If this is the end of Paul Bettany and we don't see Vision anymore, this was a, a, a very interesting way to send him off and, and a very a good way to send him off. So, uh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this scene. I mean, it was, it was probably my favorite scene in the episode, even more than the library scene. It's a very close second, that library scene, but... Because this is Wanda getting the opportunity to say goodbye to Vision. Yeah. Right? Which is something that was ripped from her when Vision died in Infinity War. Oh, when she ripped. Him. Yes. And, right? That's not what you did yeah, there. That's no. not what you did there. Yeah. There you <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but this is, this is where she got to resolve her grief, right? And just as she does, the hex and all the chaos around her is resolved at the same time. Like, I just think it's so poetic. And, and the writers of this show do such a good job at, at taking characters like a witch and a robot like and making them so lovable and believable and 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 realistic from a human perspective i just freaking adored it made them characters my mom and sister cared about and they they right? watch this stuff but it's like to put the premise in front of them oh yeah the witch from this one movie and the robot are gonna have a family and it's gonna be like <laughs> in sitcoms over the decades but don't worry it'll make sense and by the end of the series they were both in, completely enthralled and i don't blame them throughout this watch club you know we've we've talked about how like wanda and vision while they're so predominant in the comics in in the cinematic universe they were kind of maybe a little more underwhelming and and weren't necessarily a focus as some of the top tier heroes that we've seen in the MCU so to have this yep. this series spend the time to really kind of you know flush out what we've already seen and give it more 
uh, elevation to the to the to their to the bigger picture of what, who they were. I, th- I it's just you know this scene kind of caps that right. Like it just it did such a good job with that. Well, and and I think so much of where the show was successful and and what made it work and stand out were the the risks that they were always taking. And I think to have you know the show wrap up like this, where it isn't just a nice happy ending and everybody just gets to you know, live their lives and, and, and be happy but for it to have such a, a sad and poignant sort of finish. It was, that's a risk, you know, a lot of times you won't see that sort of risk being taken. And I just I, I, huge props that they didn't take an easy way out that that was a very tough thing to sort of have to watch after becoming attached to these characters over the, the nine episodes. And so I love that they didn't pull any punches there. I'm really excited to see what Falcon and the Winter Soldier does with other characters that I feel the same way about with Falcon, with the Winter Soldier, with uh, Shannon Carter, with Zemo. I cannot wait for Daniel Bruhl to come back. I'm so excited. But I do I do worry that because we're getting WandaVision first and it wasn't originally planned to be first, that Falcon and Winter Soldier may take fewer risks in the same way as opposed to this series that just went right for it and told the story that it needed to tell and it was a poetic way to end this series she then walks back into town square and while she's surrounded by the townspeople who just are like giving her the craziest side eye uh (laughs) and absolutely hate her she apologizes to monica who doesn't hate her uh, and then says goodbye as she vows to further understand her power and flies off um i thought this scene was unnecessary i would have loved for it to have ended with the moment of her saying goodbye to Vision. I thought that would have been a great way to end it. However, I totally understand with what they had to show next, uh, which we're just about to get to, why they did this. I just want to say the fact that they went back to the trope of you know, the MCU characters trying to hide their identities by wearing a hat or a hoodie or something like that. <laughs> and it totally didn't work because everyone here knows who she is. Uh, kind of yeah. leads me to think that she's going to have to take on some sort of alter ego or something. And that's going to lead mm. to be her being more of a fugitive moving forward and taking on this moniker of Scarlet Witch rather than just being Wanda Maximoff. Or maybe she just hopes that she hides for so long that people forget. But uh, speaking of her hiding, um, we are going to get to those end credit scenes. Yes, that's right. Two end credit scenes, which you have you haven't already seen. Like, what are you doing? Go and watch them. Are you crazy? Uh, and then come right back. Uh, we see Jimmy taking charge as he helps to clean up Westview. Monica compliments him and then asks, uh, and then is asked to follow an agent into the theater. Uh, where that same agent mentions that she was sent by an old friend of Monica's mom as she reveals herself to be a Skrull. She says, he heard you'd been grounded. He'd like to speak to you. And when Monica asks uh, where, I think she says where, um, the Skrull points up uh, into space. Um, So guys, what did you think of this reveal? Was it who you were expecting? And uh, I think we all know this, but, but... who do you think the he is that the scrawl is referring to here? It, it must be Talos, right? I was. At, oh. oh, I thought it was Fury. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was Fury. Yeah, I was getting Nick Fury as really? well. Really? Okay. I, I didn't. I don't know what the relationship. I'm trying to think back to the movie. It's been so long since I watched Captain Marvel that I assumed Up would refer to other scrolls, and yeah. that that's where okay. that was. The the bigger th- question I have is how did whoever. It is, whether it be Nick Fury or Talos or whomever, know that she'd been grounded. Who do they have infiltrated in S.W.O.R.D. to have already known that information? How many mm. scrolls are there 
infiltrating well, these different organizations. Yeah, I, I think uh, so. Yeah, I think that that that's a, that's a fair point, and I think that's actually going to hint at secret wars, and I think that's yes. kind of where we're going, and and why Nick Fury, because there was that stinger at uh, the end, secret of, secret invasion. Secret invasion. Sorry, my my, right. my apologies. Yeah, no There's so many secrets. Yeah, so secret secret secrets. invasions. Um, but you know, there was that that stinger at the end of of Spider-Man where we know Nick Fury is in space, and we don't know where he what that is, but everyone has the assumption that it's that you know sword base and and uh, what what was it called again, Nate? You, you remember the one? The, uh, the peak base. Yes, that was where I had thought that it was it was uh, Fury, and he's so well connected. He's got his eye on everything that it's not too far-fetched to think that maybe he does have someone still on the ground that's giving him intel and and stuff like that. So um, could be, I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was Fury. I totally thought it was Fury. I thought, I actually thought Nick Fury was going to be in the room. Uh, you know, as soon as I saw it was a scrawl, like I, I thought she was going to like point over there and he was just going to be, I don't know. Um, but then why would he send her? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I am honestly... I'm just stoked to see Monica come into her own. Again, you know, Kevin, you were kind of mentioning how you thought she was kind of not the greatest in this series. And so I think, you know, for her to have her own, uh, hopefully a, a big chunk of the next Captain Marvel movie, I would assume, uh, up on that peak base, you know, maybe that's where we get her great costume reveal. I actually think we could see her come back sooner than that. Uh, we yeah. know we're getting Miss Marvel at the end of the year, who would be Ooh. a sentient weapon of some sort, some sort of supernatural yeah. threat. Um, I'd love to see either Jimmy Woo or Monica Rambeau uh, make an appearance in that series as some sort of authority yeah. figure trying to figure out what's going on with that character. But guys, what what if what if Miss Marvel's um, family is like the first episode is them moving into their new house and they just moved from. Westview, New Jersey. Okay? I'm just saying, what a cool way to kind of bring her in. That's not a bad call, honestly, because we do know that both Miss Marvel and Monica Rambo are going to feature in Captain Marvel 2. What a great way to bring both those characters together to push into the plot of that movie than by having some sort of crossover there. I think that would be so cool. Um, But guys, let's get to that last post-credit scene. Uh, We get the second end-credit scene where we see Wanda alone in a cabin holding a mug sitting on the porch uh, waiting for her tea to boil. The camera moves through the cabin only to reveal another Wanda in her full Scarlet Witch attire consuming every bit of knowledge from the Darkhold. Okay, so guys... Uh, where do you think this was taking place? It looked gorgeous. Uh, and and what do you think of Wanda reading the Book of the Damned? As soon as we saw that scenery, I'm like, oh, that's Western Canada. That's the Rockies. That is some beautiful scenery <laughs> there. Um, yeah. Oh, Canada, eh? Oh, yeah, there, bud. Yeah, bud. <laughs> uh, so what I've seen is that it's uh, Mount Wondagore. Oh. And, uh, and so that's where um, in the, the comic canon, Wanda and Pietro were actually born there. Yeah. Uh, but it's so it's somewhere in in Eastern Europe or so, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, see, I thought it was back to her roots. I thought yeah. it might have been in Sokovia. Like, is Mount Wondergore in Sokovia? Could, they could it's, they could it, have, they could potentially attach it. Like, isn't Sokovia like like isn't wasn't Sokovia an MCU thing that they made up? 
right? It like was. it wasn't it wasn't something from comics. So it's like, like what what Kevin referenced. Yeah, that that is actually from the comics. So they could somehow tie the two together and 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 think. But yeah, that's that's where I thought it was too, Kev Wondergore, and and just that it would be a, they're bringing that into it. Uh, maybe it's a cabin her parents used to have, or or something that was in her family of some kind that was you know a place that she just knew that would still be around. But it was really crazy to see that astral. Like she's she's exhibiting Doctor Strange abilities. Right, like she's, yeah. she's 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 but she's she's better than him. Like yep. she can do it while she's awake. Yes, she doesn't have to be asleep to do it. That's so she doesn't cool. Need to, like, yeah, he doesn't need to. She doesn't need to be in a meditative state. She can just she can just project her astral. So uh, so it brings be, me to my question: What does she need Doctor Strange for? Like this entire time we've been talking about this series, like but she she's going to be trained him. by Doctor Strange. She's going to be trained. No, she, she doesn't, doesn't need him. him. She's no, the villain. She, she's gonna. She will be some sort of adversary to him to start that movie. I'm I'm yes. I'm with you on this. Yeah, that's that's what this that's what okay, this stinger okay. confirms is that she is going to be the villain, right? Like she's wow. she's 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 now transcended, and and that's why I'm saying like this whole series. While it was like, yeah, let's give a background to to Wanda and, and what she's gone through. It's yeah, that that's one part, but why she's now become the villain is is the is what the point of the series I feel like is meant to do. But so she didn't learn anything in this show. Uh, you know? Well, I, I no, I, I mean, obviously she learned a lot, but she didn't learn any lessons in terms of, you know, uh, uh, from a moral standpoint. She she regretted the action she took, but I think the problem that we're running into now is she's consuming that book. That is not a good book in Marvel lore. That is the book of the damned. That is that is going to lead her down a path. And we hear it in this stinger. You hear two voices scream out. Those must be her kids from some other dimension. Yeah. She is the crux of what causes the multiverse of madness, which is the title of the Dr. Strange film. Oh, I love that. And did you, did you guys hear the Dr. Strange theme as the camera presses in on her? Right. So if we didn't get, yep. if we didn't get a, a Stephen Strange reveal, at least we got a cameo from, uh, from the music. This could have honestly been a scene from that movie that they have already shot as opposed to being something they shot specifically for this series. And I wouldn't put it past them to use this scene again in that movie. Wow. I love that. I love that. Maybe it picks up right from there. Um, But guys, before we continue with some of these predictions and where we might see all these characters in the future, like your ultimately your prediction for (laughs) Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness kind of wrapped up into one uh, sentence. Guys, before we get to what's the vision, I want to know your final score uh, for this episode, as well as your final thoughts on this series uh, as a whole. And actually, you're going to rate that one as well. So a little bit different for our rating here. So again, you're going to rate the episode and give your reasons why. And then you're going to rate the series and give your reasons why. For the episode, you're going to rate it on a scale of one to five Ralph Boners. Uh, and on the series, you're going to rate it on a scale of one to five Scarlet Witches. Uh, so Mitch, let's hear your overall thoughts and ranking for this show and this series. So I think this episode did a great job of wrapping things up. There were some loose ends that were left, but I think that's just the Marvel Universe at this point. There's going to be those threads they pick up on 15 years from now. Uh, I think the emotional impact of this episode was out of this world. I think some of the action and some of the combat and some of those scenes fell a little short for me personally. So I'd give it four out of five Ralph Boners. All right. And your thoughts on the series and review for that? They did not hold that. They did not hold any punches. They delivered the story they wanted to tell. They planted some false flags, which I think was great because it had the internet theorizing for weeks about what was going to happen, ultimately just to tell the story of Wanda's grief and the origin of the Scarlet Witch. And it's got to be five out of five Scarlet Witches. Amazing. Amazing. Very cool. Justin, let's hear from you, Ben. 
Yeah, uh, like pretty much everything Mitch just said. No, I, I think that um, the the episode did a great job of tying what it what it needed to, like closing off those things and and leaving other doors open for you know the rest of the MCU to kind of resolve and and share in this this new uh, new story. Yeah, I would give it four four and a half. Four and a half Ralph Boners, and definitely I think it was like, <laughs> ouch, yeah, four and a half, yeah. Uh, I think I think yeah. the the thing too was the action kind of you know, it felt more like a conversational magical battle than it you know than it was like an actual mm. battle. Kind but, of to Kevin's point, yeah, yeah, exactly. As Kevin was as, as saying, it kind of felt a little flat, and it just felt like it was more exposition to kind of establish other things. Um, but Paul Bettany was outstanding tying into my overall review I, I definitely would give this series a five out of five of scarlet witches it just it it did everything it needed to do it, it was bold uh it, it paid homage to, to tv it did it in such a meta way by layering that into her tragedy layering it into her idea of building a dream and just it was just so well done so yeah five out of five scarlet witches on this series man this thing was was top notch uh yeah i think I, I, I think with just how much they had to do in this episode, it was quite a challenge. And I don't know if there was a way they, they were ever going to be able to do it where it was just going to be a flawless sort of please everyone. They were never going to be able to hit every single note to address every fan's different sort of focuses on what they wanted to see come come out of the show. And so I think given that challenge, they did a really good job of sort of resolving most of the major issues of the show while setting up you know, for the future of not just these characters, but the MCU uh, in general. And so uh, it might sound like a lower score, but I'm going to go with uh, 4.3 Ralph Boners out of five. Right. Uh, so again, a really, really great way to cap off an amazing achievement. Um, the show itself, like if you had told me last year that this was going to be maybe a top three part of the MCU for me, you know, that would, ju- I wow. would have just laughed you out of the room. And I just think, uh, for them to take characters that I didn't care about going into this show and make me want not just to enjoy them on the show, but hopefully see where their story goes next. Um, I think from a production standpoint, what they were able to do, especially over those first seven episodes where they were able to just hit sort of, you know, five or six decades worth of television and do it in such an authentic and, and successful way uh, is a real achievement. I hope this show is up for awards at this time be. next year yeah. from a production standpoint. And even from a performance standpoint, I think there were some really standout, you know, uh, bits of acting that deserve some recognition, especially you would never really expect that sort of thing to come out of the MCU. I've, although I think now we are sort of getting to that point where we are expecting top notch sort of just, you know, uh, quality. And so, in that regard, the show was an overwhelming success, in my opinion. Uh, what a way to start for Disney+. Plus! What a way to start Phase 4. Uh, I'm going to give this 5 out of 5 Scarlet Witches. Amazing. Very cool. And guys, again, uh, somehow you must have traveled to the future and heard what I've already said about this. So uh, I, I, th- I, too, thought this episode was great. Not perfect. But great. I think its simplicity may have caught people off guard. Um, but its heart and its ability to really tug at my heartstrings for two characters that, just as you said, Kevin, I thought I could never love as much as I do now, was really on display in its final act. And and while it didn't give me all the reveals I wanted, as I said, it, it did 
uh, it did what it needed to do to keep some of those reveals, you know, for the future. Uh, like, who really is Ralph? I still think we're going to find that out. I think uh, I, th- I do. I just do. Get I'm holding on. Boner train, man. No, no, I'm not getting off that boner. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but I also think it, you know, of course, we're going to see how how will Wanda and Doctor Strange react to each other. Um, and uh, and I think. Again, anyone who is thoroughly disappointed in this episode only have themselves to blame for for the most part. Aside from from maybe just how many hints they did drop at Mephisto, um, I I think you know even even then maybe they you know they wanted to use that sleight of hand so that we wouldn't think of Agatha as the big bad of the series. I just think I think they could have maybe held off a little bit on that. Um, so overall, I think that people's expectations may need to be lowered a tad going forward, like you said, Mitch, with the next series. Um, but I still think that this was a great ending to a phenomenal series so for those reasons i'm giving this episode 4.5 ralph boners out of five Uh, as far as the whole series is concerned this show is an incredible recreation of uh, and reflection of every era of sitcom it's 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 absolutely so well done. It's actually like a masterclass, i think of of acting and we had an actor on our show just in our previous episode with monroe where he talked about the the masterclass of uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and and overall I think you know this show is about a woman working through her grief on her way to acceptance which we got here in this finale. Uh, the show did such a phenomenal job with its small details and it also nailed a ton of big ideas uh, brought from the comic universe without making it completely predictable or, or predictable at all. To be honest with you, um, I think the show doesn't hold your hand. Um, it it doesn't have too much exposition and it does all this while still taking two characters that I would have never imagined. Uh, being exciting for me uh, and elevates them in, in literally every single way. Not to mention, it gives us an unexpected origin story for Monica Rambeau that I really loved. Um, and if this is the quality that we get from MCU shows on Disney+, Plus, then to be honest, I'm kind of more excited for this format than their actual films. Uh, so for that reason, I am giving this entire series 5 out of 5 Scarlet Witches. But guys, you know, I absolutely... Uh, think that they, across the board, five out of fives. There's so many Scarlet Witches everywhere. Um, but guys, before we before we uh, take a Nexus pill and uh, and, exp- and and get get out of here and go to sleep, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something there. Um, guys, we're gonna give all of our predictions for how we think the show. Well, normally we would give our predictions for how the show would move forward. Um, but being that the series is over, I want to just know, guys, what's the vision for these characters? Maybe in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Do you think we'll see them sooner? Um, Justin, let's hear from you first. Well, as I was saying before, I think this this whole series set up for Wanda to be the villain. You said it best, the acceptance of her grief at the end of this series. That is the the moral of what she learned to, to accept her yeah. grief. And in the next phase of her journey, we are going to see, as Mitch said, you know, her take take that dark hold and just become full-fledged. I feel like this is our gateway to Mephisto. I don't think we can count him out. Uh, Get on the train, Justin. Well, here's my thing. Like <laughs> Agatha, I, I still think that there's a point to the reference that Agatha said. Devil's in the details is what Dottie said. And she says, well, that's not the only place. And I think that that is in reference to the Darkhold. Knowing now that she had was in possession of that the entire time, it makes sense now that, that she made that little coy comment at the time. So I feel like this is this is now the gateway to Mephisto, which would would probably be 
what I think a lot of people have been theorizing is is going to be the controlling factor to Wanda in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse and that promise of maybe potentially bringing her kids back because I think she's she grew a whole new sense of attachment beyond just vision in this hex world that she created for those kids. Um, Interesting. So I, I feel like that's going to be the the catalyst or the 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 motivation for her as to why she really sinks into this villainous uh, persona a, a, under the Scarlet Witch banner, if you will. Um, needless to say, though, I'm excited to see what they do regardless. So, yeah, that's my vision. Very cool. <laughs> I mean, I like that vision. I like that vision. Mitch, what's the vision, my dude? Uh, the vision is an interesting one. I think the kids have to come back in some way, shape, or form. Yes. It mm-hmm. makes sense with the fact that we've we've already been introduced to the daughter of Ant-Man, who will eventually presumably take on the mantle of stature. We're getting Kate Bishop this year in Hawkeye. We're getting Miss Marvel. We know via casting we're going to be introduced to both America Chavez and Patriot at some point. Um, so they're really setting up young Avengers from that perspective. And it makes sense to include both Wiccan and speed in that group, maybe aged up a little bit, um, which they'll do themselves. Yeah. <laughs> which they'll do themselves, of course. And I think, yeah, uh, want I, everyone who wanted this series to blow up the multiverse. They're not going to do that in a series. Unfortunately, that's going to be saved for one of their big, huge productions. And that's going to be Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. So that's definitely mm-hmm. where we're going to see that, that, whole thing and maybe the speculations of x-men and all of these things might come to fruition there who knows but i think that's where we see that and honestly i don't think we see vision at that point i think vision's gone back to the last place he ever saw and he's gonna find some way and somehow some part of him is gonna be backed up in wakanda and we'll see vision return in black panther 2 oh Okay, I Damn. like that. I like that. Yo, I, I dig like that, that theory. That would be uh, sweet. Yeah, that out of left field. Yeah, like that, that would be cool. sweet to see Vision show up in Black Panther too. That would be awesome. Especially cool. if Shuri is going to take on the mantle, as many people are speculating, of the Black yeah. Panther for it to be a yeah. film about her and knowing that she was central to trying to, you know, figure out how the Mind Stone was wired up to Vision. I think it could definitely make a lot of sense. We'll oh, see. there's a lot of groundwork there. Yeah, there's a lot of like re-established groundwork. That that. That's cool. Kevin, what's the vision, my guy? Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, uh, most of my thoughts moving forward have sort of been addressed already. Um, specifically with the kids, I mean, I know there's rumors out there that they were spotted on set for Doctor Strange, oh. uh, the two actors. So there's already enough sort of rumblings that they're going to play a role at, in some way in that movie. Uh, and it just makes sense especially that one line where you know she thanks them for choosing her that right. there's something there that implies that they're more than just well, the the version of vision that we ended up seeing was um so yeah and i think at some point yeah i like how we're bringing vision back uh through not uh the more the more predictable obvious choice i like that black panther uh will be significant for that reason. So yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for that. And uh, I just, I, I'm not sure if we're going to uh, ever see uh, any of Fox's X-Men now. I think they, they teased us with the idea with Evan Peters a little bit, but I don't think we're going to end up seeing uh, them in a future Marvel movie, but who knows? I think, honestly, you guys are, are uh, you know, mentioning, I think we're all having the same thoughts in terms of, of, you know, her wanting to get her kids back and stuff. But I think, I think, 
I think she isn't going to be a villain right away. I I actually think that she's no. Here's the thing. I think she's actually going to be Mephisto? more like an, an an Anakin, you know, uh, episode three kind of Anakin Skywalker, where she's we can see her throughout the movie of Doctor Strange becoming evil. Like I I think I think that she's she's going to work with Doctor Strange, but but something else is going to need to be addressed. And meanwhile, she just wants to keep using that dark hold to get to her kids. And I think he's going to very be against that. I think he's absolutely going to be against that. And I think, um, I think he's going to be terrified of her. And I think, yes, she will end up being the vision, but, or sorry, the villain, (laughs) but, um, but only once she learns that yes, she can get her kids back and yes, she can get vision back, but they're going to want nothing to do with her. There's going to be some sort of, you know, monkey's paw sort of thing where it's going to be, yes, she gets what she wants, but it's not going to be what she wants. And I think it will be such a sad and compelling and very human reason for her to become true chaos and ju- and then destroy the world. Because I love Elizabeth Olsen and I know that, you know, Marvel loves her too and, and they can't just instantly take her from being a, a great lovable character in this series and immediately turn her bad. So I think we're going to get a repeat of the Lagos situation in a sense that she doesn't realize the mistake that she's making and it's, it's going to be to a, a, a multiverse scale. We hear her children scream out to her when she's studying the Darkhold at the end of this episode. Someone is behind the scenes pulling the strings and putting that into her head because the Darkhold is this manifestation of sin. It is corrupted in some way. Nate, I'm with you. Mephisto is pulling the strings and putting those voices in her Get head on the train, Mitch. to Let's push go. her down a path where she does some terrible things. But I think the I think it's yeah, and I think that's going to come true. I think the 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 what what Agne, what Agatha said of her destroying the world is going to come true, but she's going to destroy maybe another world or maybe she's just going to destroy her own world. Uh, but guys, that is it for our episode. Um, guys, thank you so much for for looking into the the multiverse with me and reading from the dark hold so we could figure out what's the vision. But uh, Mitch, before we wrap, um, I want to know, man, is there anything that you'd like to plug to let our listeners know where they can find more of your work? If you're into any content related to gaming or movie film stuff, as I'm sure you are being here right now, you can check out PressYYZ over on Twitter.com slash PressYYZ, YouTube.com slash PressYYZ, any podcast service you might consume it on. uh, You've got PressYYZ and our film series YYZ Video, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mitch George. And Mitch, you also do a bit of streaming with PressYYZ and your own self. Do you want to promote that as well? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the again, everything is at Press YYZ. If it's on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, wherever, and it's Mr. Mitch George everywhere, including Twitch. There you go. So just uh, we'll make sure that we have those uh, links in our show notes as well. Well, guys, that's it. Uh, Kevin's got something he wants to quickly shout out, though. I'm sure. What's up? Uh, yeah, we uh, had a really fun time putting together the latest oh, yeah. episode of Kev at Home. Uh, so for any WandaVision fans, definitely jump by the YouTube uh, channel and check out uh, our tribute to WandaVision. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun making that one, and yeah. uh, it turned out really well, yeah. I thought. It was great. <laughs> yeah, you saw it? Oh, nice. Oh, of course I did. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I I loved all the little Easter eggs in it. I love seeing that cookbook. that uh, I, Did I give you that cookbook, by the way? You the Star indeed, Wars Galaxy's yeah. Edge cookbook? I love seeing that in there. <laughs> um, the at, at. And, you know, I, I want to talk to you off air so you don't spoil it for all of our listeners. Maybe if there were any other uh, Easter eggs that you threw in there. But um, that was crazy. You had to work backwards for that, right? Because you, you shaved throughout the... 
Like yeah, you're, so you're... Had to, we had to film it completely out of order so right. I could work on the facial hair, you know, to sort of help <laughs> with the transition. So that made that added a new uh, a, a wrinkle for sure. That but, was so uh, cool. a wrinkle of and time. I, I won't... Um, And I I won't spoil it, but Justin, your part in the episode just made me so happy. So um, definitely, definitely go check that out. Um, And guys, again, thank you so much for joining me for this incredible finale episode of Watch Club. Uh, And if you didn't do it already, what are you doing? Make sure you subscribe to us, bro. Listen to us on, uh, on, on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're on Spotify, right, Justin? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, And also, if you want to write into the show, uh, you can totally do that. Now, Justin, here's the only issue. So... I tore down the hex, and I, I for, totally forgot that I wrote all the runes for the email on the walls of the hex. Um, can you just remind our listeners, how can they write into the show? Well, that's that's typical Nate. Okay, well, you can reach us at uh, wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And also, if you don't know, we have more than just Watch Club. We also have our regular episodes of the Geek Centric Podcast with our latest episode out now recapping all the messy moments from the Golden Globes. So go give that a listen. Feel free to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would really, really help us uh, if you did that. Even grab your parents' phones or your kids' phones and then give us a review on there as well. So, um, (laughs) guys, now um, we have to... Listen, here's the thing. We have said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. And uh, we will definitely be saying hello again with our first episode of Watch Club for Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, premiering on podcast services in just two weeks on March 22nd. I am so stoked for all of that goodness, uh, and I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on all of that stuff as well. Justin, Kevin, and Mitch. Thank you so much for joining me on today's Watch Club. And as we say, WandaVision!